This show is brought to you in part by the Iron Range Resources and Rehabilitation. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. I couldn't be more delighted than to have my guest, Russ Paul, on tonight. He is visiting Minneapolis for just one night before he heads back home to Nashville, Tennessee, where he is one of the most sought-after pedal steel players and guitarists in Music City. If I named every star he had played with, it would take the whole show, and we wouldn't even get to Billy Alcorn. To name a few uh, of the folks he's played with, Don Williams, Willie Nelson, LeVon Helm, Elton John, Leon Russell, T-Bone Burnett, Blake Shelton, Buddy and Julie Miller, and he recently just got out of the studio with Chrissy Hind and the Pretenders. I heard him for the first time when I first moved to Minneapolis in 1978 with Becky Thompson and the Sky Blue Water Boys at the Vice President Bar on about 31st and Nicollet Avenue, which I might add was right down the street from the President Bar. We're going to have Russ on for the whole show tonight, and if I'm lucky enough, he might just play a tune with me as well. With no further ado, my friend, Mr. Russ Paul. Hello. Russ, how are you? I'm doing real good. I'm doing real good. So what are you doing up in Minneapolis for just one night? Well, I'm this, I've actually been here a couple days. Okay. I've, I've visited some family and some friends, and I put about 1,000 miles on a rental car just cruising cornfields. That's uh, what I like to do. Well, and I know uh, you, you're such a musicologist yourself. You try to get into the... Is it the new Polka Hall of Fame down well, in New Ulm? It's, new Ulm has a Minnesota Music Hall of Fame, and I'm I'm assuming there's a lot of polka people, and I think there might be several halls of fame because the Sky Blue Water Boys got inducted to some sort of Minnesota Rock Music Hall of Fame right. a few years ago, but I don't think it's the same one. So, <laughs> but I, I wanted to go. I'm I'm a big. Uh, Six Fat Dutchman and Chimaliski Brothers and uh, Wally Pickle and all those. All I saw the- Wally Pickle open up for Leo Kotke at the Guthrie Theater in 1972. <clears throat> and Wally, a phenomenal show band, variety band, Polka Cat, finished his act, and I'm not lying, on a on a, a pogo stick playing three trumpets. I've heard about that. I've heard about. It. He used to have a music store in Hutchinson. Really? Too. Yeah. It was pure magic. <laughs> you must have played some polka growing up at some point, didn't you? Uh, when I was oh, I must have been I think about thirteen or fourteen, maybe fifteen. I got a phone call one weekend uh, from this guy from Watertown, Minnesota, and he and his brother had a country band, and he said our our cousin got drunk last night and. Uh, we fired him, the bass player, you know, can you come and play guitar for us? So uh, I went, and uh, Bill Gronke, the one brother, played a Cordovox, which is a sure. uh, accordion with a Lowry organ unit built mm-hmm. in it. And he did, they did old time and modern. And modern was like Merle Haggard songs right. and, and uh, country, and then old time. And then I kind of introduced a little rock and roll to their world. And <laughs> we played for a couple of years. It was called the Rhythm Rascals. Cool. Now, what, you started playing guitar... Mm-hmm. What age? Nine. Okay. I started playing guitar about six months before I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Okay. So when I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, I was already playing guitar, so it really had a heavy impact on me. When did you start playing pedal steel? When I was about 15. Wow. And uh, What inspired that? Well, I was playing with the Rhythm Rascals okay. out at uh, Hutchinson. Uh, there's a ballroom up there, and on Sunday nights, we used to go play during the breaks. of This guy had a connection, and he had Nashville acts come through every Sunday night. And we went and opened the show and then played during the breaks and one night uh, Wynn Stewart was there and he had Ralph Mooney playing pedal steel well we played our one of our sets and Ralph came over to me and I didn't know who he was and I didn't know what he was playing one of the legendary oh absolutely yeah he played with Waylon and Buck Owens and everybody everybody well he came up to me and said kid you're working way too hard you're playing the wrong instrument 
because I was there bending strings all right, over my right, guitar. Right. And so I said, well, what, what are you talking about? He said, stick around afterwards. I'll show you. So I waited around after I went over, and he sat me down be, behind his famous old Ammon, or, uh, uh, Fender eight-string steel wow. and showed me how to play the first lick or two. And the next day, the bass player who had a driver's license and I, we uh, crept out of school that afternoon and went down to Broadway in Minneapolis to a pawn shop and I bought a used pedal steel. No kidding. And I took right to it. It's like I didn't play anything fancy, but by th later that week on Friday night, I was playing pedal steel in the band. So. But anointed by Ralph Mooney. Oh, absolutely, My yeah. My God, that would be like if... if Chet Atkins came up to me and did that same thing. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was very lucky, and he he showed me the one lick, and it wow. you know it served me quite well. So. Wow! Yeah. Well, I was just um, one lick. I was just read a great interview with uh, Leonard Cohen. They did a couple years ago before he was getting to, ready to go on tour again, and they said, "Well, how do you get ready for your tours, Leonard?" He says, "Well, he goes, I'm working on my chop. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a record with Leonard Cohen. You're about kidding me." Oh, three months ago, a friend of mine in Nashville called me up one day and said, we're doing this record with Leonard. Uh, he's in bed. He, you know, he's pretty much bedridden, but we've gone in and uh, with a microphone and a guitar player, and we've cut these songs, and for some reason, he said, I think I want that pedal steel guitar thing, and he, and my friend said, I know the guy, so uh, we recorded it, overdubbed it in Nashville, did about three or four songs. Wow. And it was really cool, really cool songs, and uh, at first, we were both going, I don't know if he's going to like this or anything, right. and he heard it, and it's the loudest thing on the record, so... Man, from Ralph Mooney to Leonard Cohn and all these people in between, Russ Paul, uh, first of all, so good to see you after 35 Yo, yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, man, this is great. Uh, I saw you, I was flipping through the channels a couple years ago, and I believe that T-Bone Burnett had something to do with it, and I think it was Elton John, maybe Leon Russell, and then there was this pedal steel player, this guy with a beard, and I go, he looks kind of familiar, and then the credits came up at the end, and it was Russ Paul. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it was through T-Bone Burnett, and he had produced an album called The Union, which was uh, Leon Russell and Elton John collaborating. And actually, I overdubbed Steel on one song for the, for the uh, record, but then they decided to do a tour. And we got called to do the tour, and uh, it was great. Uh, it went well enough. One night, Elton comes over to me with all his bodyguards and everything. Right. kind of come all over to me at once and goes, Russ, I like that steel guitar thing. Uh, would you come and do a couple extra dates with me in Los Angeles? Wow. So we did that, and... Uh, it was great. He he's the hardest working man. He would always be the first one to every rehearsal there, and the last one. And uh, basically, you play for your life every time because he is. He's wow. there, there, and he never phones it in. He's very hard working, and it was it was a great experience. You played for years with the Sky Blue Water Boys, and you mm -hmm. guys. I always thought. It was really interesting that time, the, the mid to late 70s, mm -hmm. because there was a little bit of... You guys weren't really country rock, though. You were like more pure country. Yeah. You guys were playing classic country tunes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had bands like Daisy Dillman, um, Whiskey River out of Moose Lake, uh, bands like that mm -hmm. that were more kind of country rock, more right. Waylon influence. But you guys were, were more Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, mm -hmm. Bobby Bear, that, that uh, school of country. Well, we were more... Hard country and hard rock. I think yeah. we went further to the rock side and further to the country side. We had a lot louder amps. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Lund at least did. Oh, yeah. Yo, he's still loud. Yes, yes. One of the best telly players oh, in man. town. Maybe the best telly player Oh, absolutely. In town. Absolutely. Now, you guys, that was back in the days we were talking a little earlier. Six nights a week. Mm -hmm. Was it? Was that a house game? Were you there 
like for months at a we time? Played, we played the Zacharias for, I think, about 18 months. And that was downtown, right? Downtown, uh, uh, I think, 9th and Hennepin. Wow. And we played six nights a week. And then Dan and I always had a band that we played the, called the Wet Spots. And we played on our, our nights off. Oh, so that's right. We never had a night off. Right, you know, right, we right, just, right. We were addicted to playing. No, you guys were really kind of... Um like I said, for for a bunch of you know young cats, kind of ahead of your time, but picking up on a great tradition that you know you were so schooled in that. So when you finally went down to Nashville, and what year was that, Russ Paul? That was about eighty four, I think. Yeah, so you were kind of you were loaded for bear at least yeah. in terms of your your knowledge and your musicology. I had my first ten thousand hours in by that yeah, time. Right, yeah, right. Well, we're gonna have. Uh, Russ Paul, uh, probably one of the best musicians to come out of Minneapolis, who's been making uh, a great living and a, a name for himself uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, since, uh, what, 1984, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to tell us a little bit about the song we're going to go out on the first set with, uh, Johnny Popper. Oh, Johnny Popper. Uh, it's an idea I've had for years, and a dear friend of mine up in... Uh, uh, Bemidji, who's now not with us anymore, Gary Berger, uh, was doing a film about Bemidji, and when they switched over from horsepower to tractor power, and I said, I got an idea. So we went out in the field and recorded a John Deere tractor, and then I took it home, stuck the tractor into Pro Tools, and then I had a guy named Jim Hope come and put uh, uh, a baritone sax on it. <laughs> so it's basically a tractor, a saxophone, and, a, and an archtop guitar. Beautiful Johnny Popper by my guest, Russ Paul. More with Russ for the whole show on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. just can't get enough of Paul Metza. He's smooth, yet strong, a great mixer and very refreshing. The two gingers are his biggest fans. They're at practically every bar, club and restaurant in Minnesota to see his shows. And now they've taken to following Paul around the country. Texas, New York, Nebraska. You never know where you may find the two gingers. Just ask the bartender for them. Two gingers whiskey. What could happen? Kevin Ross here, inviting you to our brand new store called Ambibulous. What does Ambibulous mean? It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections, where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com. Hi, this is Laura with Food Freedom Radio. And I'm Karen. Join us every Saturday at 8 a.m. It's all about food, you know, Laura. Right, the health of the planet. You know, carbon-based farming can solve the climate crisis. Well, because community is medicine. And it's not about one seed to rule them all anymore. One seed rules the world. Yeah, let's have something else. Let's, like, worry about our individual health, our community health, the health of the planet, while eating food. Yeah, because it's all tied to food. So listen to Food Freedom Radio every Saturday at 8 a.m. On AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This spring, the early bird gets more than the worm. They'll also get triple savings from standard heating and air conditioning. That's right, you can triple your savings in April when you purchase a new furnace and air conditioner. Go for the HVAC hat trick by saving up to $900 three times. Take advantage of utility rebates, manufacturer rebates, and April savings. April is the only month standard heating is offering the HVAC hat trick triple savings, so don't wait. Details at standardheatingdeals.com. Some restrictions apply. Standard heating and air conditioning, the comfort you deserve. 
Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul is a perfect choice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Offering daily fresh seafood specials, fire-roasted meats, exquisite pizza, and half-priced bottles of wine on Mondays and Tuesdays, except on Excel Energy Center event nights. Once you experience their cozy fireside dining, extensive wine list, and bar, you'll be back for more. Gift certificates available, located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking, or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities gay scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. My guest in the studio for the uh, whole show tonight, I'm very excited to have him. Uh, originally from Minnesota, but uh, Nashville, Tennessee boy since 1984, Mr. Russ Paul. We just heard a song, uh, a little bit of a song by the Arcs called Put a Flower in Your Pocket. Tell us about the band. Well, the Arcs is a, a band, there's, a, there's another band called the Black Keys. Sure, we're here And um, Dan Arbach is the lead singer. Right. And, and he lives in Nashville, and we got acquainted, uh, I guess through Buddy Miller, maybe about five years ago, and I've just been kind of in his crew ever since. Nice. So we've, we've cut, oh, five or six records, seven records, I don't know, we're always recording something, and this was a, one of his little bands, uh, so mostly a bunch of guys from New York City. Does he play in the band? Oh yeah, he's he's, oh, cool. he's the central figure singing, and then the rest of the band is guys from the the I think the Daptones okay. in New York City. Yeah, and uh, and I'm kind of like the, their Billy Preston. I actually haven't <laughs> been touring with them, but I played on a, a, quite a bit of the record. And and uh, actually, I think I played one date at the Ryman in Nashville. With cool. Them. And I think here in the next month or so, I'm going to go out and do a couple more dates. And you them. might be up. Uh, you said that the Arcs are coming to the uh, festival. I believe I once called. I think it's the Palomino Festival at Canterbury Park. Yeah, it's sponsored by uh, the Great Duluth uh, Bluegrass Band, uh, Trampled by Turtles. Yeah. Um, well, that'd be great. Yeah. So I, gotta, I, I'm, I, yeah, I might be jumping on the bus, and uh, so uh, that's that's a lot of fun. And, and Dan's great. He has a new album coming out. I was trying to get him to give me a track we've been working right. on. He said I can't do it, man. Right. He said, but I would love you to play it. So. Now, Nashville, it's really had kind of a uh, a resurgence of some of these newer cats. You got Jack White down mm -hmm. there yeah. with Third Man Records and everything right. he's doing. Uh, Dan Arbach and the Black yeah. Keys. Yeah. Talk about some of that new blood that's down there. Oh, well, there's, uh, there's a bunch. I mean, when I first moved there in 1984, if you were a rock band, you went to New York or London or something to get your record deal and never mention Nashville because it just you couldn't be a rock band if you came from Nashville. Right. But that's changing a lot and now uh, the uh, what are the the Kings of Leon? They're actually kind of from there, huh. and they live there. They record there. Uh, uh, let's see who else. Um, there's a bunch of people. There's kind of the new crew of Sturgill Simpson, sure, uh, Chris the, Stapleton, Chris Stapleton, and, and and those people. So there's there's kind of a new. It's like the the the, the lunatics are running the asylum finally. <laughs> you know? And it's great because there's still a lot of really good. You know, there's the the 16th Avenue country stuff, which I'm very involved in. Um, there's uh, 
all kinds. Of, there's always been the uh, contemporary Christian music there, right. which has kind of come out of the Southern gospel. Well, Nashville is the uh, buckle of the Bible. Oh, right. absolutely. Yeah. So there's that. Six-hour church services. Yes. <laughs> and there's a, there's a whole industry around that. And then there's what I call the 16th Avenue, which is what you hear on the country radio these days, and the publishing industry doing all the demos. But now there's what we call the East Nashville section, because that part of town is kind of where all the young hipsters have settled mm -hmm. and uh so there's a whole industry coming up out of that so you go down to nashville did you know anybody in 1984 down there i had one friend from i think edina you know that uh, was down there as a carpenter you know? <laughs> now i went down and uh for about a month Every day, I would go out about 9 o'clock at night with my steel guitar in one hand, an amp in the other, and I'd just go into clubs and bully my way on stage really? to sit in. I'd play a set, and then I'd go to another club. Really? So I did that for a few nights, or a few weeks, playing probably two, three clubs a night, and eventually, they gave in and would start, you know, hiring me to sub out and That's stuff. That's ballsy. What else are you going to do? Right, right. You know, I... Uh, I wasn't going to just sit around and wait for the phone ring. Right, right. <laughs> so who were uh, who were some of your first connections? Who kind of heard you and said, I'd like to use you? I, it's funny, my first gig, really, uh, other than just local bar gigs, was, was uh, with Dickie Betts of the Allman Brothers. <laughs> oh. Through somebody I knew, he needed somebody to play steel guitar on a recording. So I went overdubbed on it, and the next thing you know, his manager calls us. Dickie would like you to come out and be in the band. So I did that for a better part of a year. Wow. So, so I went. This this kid from Lake Minnetonka is suddenly playing with the the the, the, the hardcore Southern rocker. Right. So I learned a lot. It was great. Dickie was he? You know, he's uh, his public persona is kind of a volatile guy. Mm -hmm. But was he? Uh, how was he to work with? Oh, he was the best and the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, he he had just been through a treatment, so he was stone cold sober. Right. And uh, when he was on... Which can go either way, right? Yeah. When he was on, he was the best ever at that thing, you know? He's just one of the best soloists ever. And when he was off, sometimes he'd just stop in the middle of a song, take his guitar off, and leave the stage. Huh. But uh, no, it was a great. It was a great band. Um, it was it was great to be around that, and we had a lot of fun too. So, yeah, you know, he was going through some some things, so you know, I understand it. Yeah, totally. Well, Russ Paul, we we there's there's so much I want to talk to you about, but we have a lot of music we want to listen to. To take us out on the second set of the Wall and Power Radio Hour, we're going to listen to Jimmy Rogers' Train uh, by Elton John and Leon Russell. What was it like recording with those guys? Well, actually, we over they had already cut the track. Okay, so you overdubbed. Yeah, T-Bone Burnett produced it, so he sent the, uh, the files, and a friend and I overdubbed it in Nashville. But it's still going to be cool to know you're playing oh, along with the original oh, tracks. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, I still, John and Leon I still have, anytime I, uh, I'm feeling down, I play this record yeah. and just go, hey, I was there. Right. But then it wasn't that long after that that we actually got to go tour and hang out. And I've kind of become friends with Leon Russell since then. He lives in town. And a couple and how's times he doing? He's doing good. He's he's fragile. He's kind of deaf. He's uh, has trouble getting around. He uses a wheelchair, but he's driving a brand new Tesla. And whenever he sits at the piano, he kicks your ass. Yeah, so, right. Right. Know. Well, wasn't that record kind of uh, Elton's way of reaching out and and thanking Leon Russell for his influence and in his music? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think Leon had kind of hit a low spot and Elton just said, hey, come on, let's get you out of that. Right. And, and it's, I think it's really helped revive his career. You know, and Leon's doing great. Well, if you go back and listen to uh, Tumbleweed Connection, mm -hmm. which I always say, it's the best record the band never made. Right. You absolutely. Know? Um you hear a lot of Leon Russell in that record. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got uh, Russ Paul in the studio. We're going to go out and listen to Jimmy Rogers Train by Elton John and Leon Russell, and then more with Russ uh, on the rest of the Wall of Power Radio Hour.
Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong? Violence against women? The rape? The abuse? The emotional? Physical? They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong? Think about it. They all hold the hate? Gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate? Think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. With spring, it's car wash season. Thank goodness for the Luther Advantage program from Rudy Luther Toyota. Not only do I save 10 cents off per gallon of gas at holiday station stores, but I also get big discounts on car washes. And with free two years of maintenance with every new Toyota purchased, I can get my oil change and spring service done with the best service and maintenance department at Rudy Luther Toyota. Clear your spring checklist with great service from Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169. As with their Eat Street sister on Nicollet Avenue, the Bad Waitress at 700 Central and Northeast is committed to working with local purveyors and serving organic food whenever possible. But the Northeast location is a bit more grown up. This finer diner has a full bar serving craft cocktails and a brand new inventive dinner menu, including the chicken and waffle, with roasted half chicken, bourbon pickled jalapeno corn waffle, and a roasted poblano gravy. Check out the Northeast menu at thebadwaitress.com. While shopping for a fireplace insert at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, I was amazed at all the choices. Not just gas, electric, or wood-burning, but also built-in or freestanding, and options in every style from antique to modern. The staff really listened to us, explained the options, and helped us choose a fireplace we absolutely love. Now it warms our hearts and our home every winter. Thank you, Woodland Stoves, for a great addition. Hi, I'm Peter Solak, putting in a word for the EPA BurnWise campaign. It has important information about clean burn fireplaces. This is an important part of our mission at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. We know that the fireplace has to work. Work with your life, work with your living space, and also be environmentally smart. Come see us. Learn to burn wise. We have over 35 working units on display at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Visit our store in person or online at woodlandstoves.com. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. The two gingers just can't get enough of Paul Metza. He's smooth, yet strong, a great mixer and very refreshing. The two gingers are his biggest fans. They're at practically every bar, club and restaurant in Minnesota to see his shows. And now they've taken to following Paul around the country. Texas, New York, Nebraska. You never know where you may find the two gingers. Just ask the bartender for them. Two gingers whiskey. What could happen? I'm good, but I have a story and I don't know where to start. I'm good, but I feel alone in a crowd. When the service member or veteran in your life says, I'm good. Are you really listening? I still have nightmares. I'm really not so good. But are you ready to listen? Suicide prevention is everyone's responsibility. Listen to the veteran or service member in your life. If you are in crisis or know someone who is, call the Veterans Crisis Line and Military Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. My guest in the studio is Russ Paul. We just heard a song he co-wrote, played guitar, and uh, produced called Wasted Words by a fellow named Rob McNally. So, Russ, tell us a little bit about Mr. McNally. Well, uh, Rob is a dear friend of mine. He's one of the hottest guitar players in Nashville right which is now. saying something yeah yeah no he's <laughs> so which pretty much makes him one of the world's top ranked guitar players yeah. he uh does a lot of the the records coming out he uh he toured for several years with Delbert McClinton okay and then now he still goes out and tours with uh, Bob Seger whenever okay. Bob tours cuz his, his solos are so good and 
But uh, we call the band RMC, and we have a first Wednesday of every month. We play a place called the Family Wash in East Nashville. So we have this gig. We have right now four-piece band, although we're adding a keyboard player. But we play once a month. Try to remember every song. Right. And uh, it, it's really it's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we're working on putting together. Uh, uh, Rob's got a, a an EP that's just coming out, and this is going to be part of the next EP. Russ, do you have a website? No. No, okay. no. I'm under the radar. <laughs> I'm under the radar. That's Russ Paul, P-A-H-L. You can uh, Google him, and you'll find out just the, his amazing catalog of songs and uh, he's played on and musicians he's played with. Speaking of great guitar players, you worked with a guy named Vince Gill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell us about Vince. Did you, did you play with him on the road or just record with him? Uh, actually, I haven't done a whole lot of recording with Vince, but I toured with him for about four years. Uh, I left about five years ago when I went to do the tour with Elton John. Okay, and it was a, it was kind of funny because I called him up You're one such day. Such a name dropper, Paul. Oh yeah, well you know, <laughs> uh, the other just the other day, Paul McCartney said, you know, I really hate name droppers. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I called Vince up to uh, go. Hey man, I I got this gig that I don't want to, you know, right. I I want to do it, and so. So we finally we got to be one of those things. Well, let me quit before you fire me, or you can fire me before I quit. Whatever. Right, right. We we left on very good terms, but I toured probably seventy five dates a year with him for about four years. And he's an amazing guitar player. An amazing guitar player, an amazing singer, uh, a really good guy. Uh, for as talented as he is, he's he's very straight up. And he's. Did you uh, golf with him? I know he's a big. Oh golfer. no, no, I won't golf with him. No, <laughs> no, no. But we had a very good time. He's he had an incredible band, and it, it was a great time. And for a pedal steel player, it's probably the best gig you could ever have because <laughs> the first hour of every show was straight hard country and you basically have to play for your life because he will not let you phone it in mm -hmm. so every night i had to go out there and sweat and wow. that that's that's very important to me because I, I have a very short attention span and once i and also you never knew what he was going to do mm -hmm. he'd he'd call songs on the spot change the keys on the spot there was there was no givens but uh, for a steel player, it, uh, it's the best there ever was. When you got down to Nashville and you started to get some gigs, both, uh, you know, uh, with the touring bands and, and sessions, you must have started to bump into some of your heroes down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, well, one of the guys that I, I met through my, my father-in-law, who was one of my heroes, a guy named Billy Sanford, uh, I met Lloyd Green, the steel right. guitar player. And uh, at first when Billy said, do you want to meet Lloyd Green? He's an old friend of mine. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. What would I have to say? I was very afraid. He said, he won't bite you. So right. we went and had lunch one day. Now, tell the people out there in the Wall of Power Radio Hour land... Lloyd Green and where he comes from and who he, who he played with and what on. Well, Lloyd Green is uh, from Alabama, came up and in the 60s started playing on records. And he played on so many country records. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, it's hard to think of all the names. Uh, whatever Pete Drake didn't play on, he right. played on. But he is known as the guy who played on the Sweetheart of the Rodeo album with the Birds. Right. So when the Birds uh, did that album, he flew out to Los Angeles uh, and did that record, which is a uh, groundbreaking country rock record. He also played like all, on all the Charlie Pride records, uh, the Gene Watson records, uh, all the Don Williams records. Uh, he had a record deal on his own. He was on, I think, Monument Records. Wow. So he had a couple successful singles. Was that Fred Foster's yes, label? Yes, Fred Foster. Who uh, went uh, one of uh, Chris Christopherson's yep. early supporters. Yes, yes, yeah. 
Now, Fred also t- produced uh, Roy Orbison. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. Speaking of Roy Orbison, tell us about your father-in-law. And my father-in-law, Billy Sanford, uh, played with Roy Orbison back in 63, toured with him. And you can see him on Ed Sullivan when uh, Roy's doing Pretty Woman, playing the 335 guitar, which he gave to me, so wow. I have it. And he played on uh, every... George Jones, Tammy Wynette record wow. you've ever heard. He played on uh, the Keith Whitley records. He played, there was a song called Please Come to Boston by Dave Loggins. Oh, it's got a phase be- shifter solo. Yeah, That's be- my 335. Wow. And we became really good friends playing together with Don Williams. And he introduced me to his daughter and... You know, there you go. We got married. So. Well, yeah, and you just celebrated your twenty fifth twenty fifth anniversary. We, uh, we've uh, he's now a great grandfather. <laughs> yeah, you just had a grandkid. What you yeah. said last week? Yeah, yeah, a week ago today we had a little granddaughter. Congratulations. So Billy Sanford, does he play at all around the house or gigs or recording? Oh, we have a little studio out behind his house, and we, we play a bit. He's he's kind of retired now. Right. Don Williams is retired. He's at like 78 now, but, you know, we still play, you know, we whip out the guitars. Right. He, he is one of the better guitar players I've ever met. Wow. Keeps you on your toes yes. when you're yes. picking with him. Well, I'm humbled every day by everybody I meet down there. Yeah. So, yeah. Well... We were talking a little bit on the phone today, getting this set up, and we have to, uh, I, l- I want to thank our friend Billy Alcorn. Oh, yeah, uh, Billy. For giving me uh, the heads up that you were going to be in town. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you for taking the time oh, to sure. chat with us, oh, Mr. Ruzball. But uh, tell us a little bit about, you were saying today, you love going out and having breakfast with a lot of these old cats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm... You know, I'm the, I'm the kind of kid who read every the back of every record album. Right. So when I went down to Nashville, I knew everybody who'd played on every record. So, you know, I get I knew all these guys' names and so I had a whole set of heroes that most people don't even know exist. Right. So we have uh breakfast clubs where we get together and and we'll get together with, you know, some of the guys and uh, So who are some of the guys? Oh, uh, Wayne Moss from sure. like Barefoot Jerry and and Lloyd Green, the steel player, Charlie McCoy, the wow. harmonica player, uh, uh, Kenny Malone, the drummer, right. and then Billy. And then a lot of times I'll get some of the young uh, uh, Adam Ollendorf, who played steel with uh, Casey Musgraves, comes along. Wow. And just get you know some friends together. We get breakfast, and I generally try to bait them with a good question and just sure. get them talking. Right, and uh, it's just great stories. And and you've you, you know they, they, they were such a great they were the greatest generation of session musicians. Yeah, but it's fun too because it's, it's almost like high school because they're, they're a little catty here and there about right, things. Right, and right. You, you know, you you find out things that you wouldn't want in print or on the radio. <laughs> but, you know. Now, what about like Charlie McCoy, for example? Um, played on Nashville Skyline oh, yeah. and, and Blonde on Blonde. Oh, absolutely. Right now, do, do you ever get any stories about when Dylan, uh, you know, came to do Blonde on Blonde in Nashville, 1966? Man, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. 50 well, years ago, I heard at one point Bob. Well, he went to somebody's house for dinner, some record exec out in one of the fashionable suburbs, and. Uh, left, but didn't think about getting a ride. So he was out on the on the street in uh, uh, Brentwood, Tennessee, and he's used to being in New York. He was trying to, f- and he didn't have his glasses on. He couldn't see. He was trying to flag down a cab. Well, you don't do that in Nashville. And the cops picked him up finally, <laughs> and said, well, you know, they just thought he was a street guy because sure. he had long hair and everything. Yeah, right. And finally said, well, here's the address of where the guy I was just at. And they went. It was like the president of the record label, you know. <laughs> But, the yeah. cop probably knew him too. Yeah, so uh, th- th- I think Bob was colorful, <laughs> right? Right. And I I also heard that he would uh, have the band booked, like at two in the afternoon. You know, the, all these guys, a team players, all getting lots of money, uh, and Bob wouldn't show up till six, seven o'clock in the evening. Right. They'd be like playing ping pong and stuff, sure. just waiting. Bob would show up and he wouldn't have a song yet. And then he'd go off in a corner and maybe at 11 o'clock he'd come out with a song and then they'd start recording. Wow. And that went on day after day. Right. You know, he was, it was a free flowing thing. He, right. he might have a bad, he might have j- uh, ideas jotted down, but he didn't have completed songs. Did you ever get a chance to meet Bob Johnston, his producer? Oh, yeah. 
Crazy man. Yes. I, oh, I got a chance to hang out with Bob yeah, down yeah. in Austin, Texas for oh, yeah. two or three nights. Oh, Tell yeah. us about... Now, Bob Johnston produced Blonde on Blonde, uh, Bridge Over Troubled Waters by Simon and Garfunkel, mm -hmm. Johnny Cash at San Quentin. Yep. Uh, man, the list goes on and on. But tell us... But he was wild guy. He's a wild guy and he had uh, <laughs> these two guys I realized later that they were his sons and they right, just right. kind of, and, and basically they were rolling him joints. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. I met, I but, met one of them. But he was so excited about everything. He right. was just You're right. Uh, you just, if you didn't know, you think this guy's just a crazy man, but he's excited and he'd try everything. He would not let it, an, an idea go by untried. So right. something, men, somebody mentioned something, well let's do that and let's see that through. Right. Which is, to me, a great production. We were driving around in the hills of Austin, Texas, as the uh, as the uh, sun was starting to set and the twilight was coming in, and we could see the lights of Austin. And Johnston, Andy was his son, mm -hmm. rolling and driving, yep. and uh, watching the sunset. And Bob was just waxing poetic. And at one point, he just stopped. He said, "Well, Bob Dylan was the man that stopped the Vietnam War." <laughs> Who's to argue? Yeah, yeah. We've got Russ Paul in the studio on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We're going to go out with the, uh, let's listen to a little uh, song by Ray La, uh, La Montaigne called Airways. Okay. You played on this? Played on this about two, three years ago. Beautiful. Yeah. And then more with Russ Paul in the last set of the Wall of Power Radio Still Hour. Everybody in the car. Let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com, from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. Stop in the wine bar and enjoy a unique pizza loaded with fresh vegetables and perfectly roasted meats. Over 30 wines by the glass, Cafe Latte highlights Washington State wines and is the perfect destination for date night or an evening with friends. 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. Victor's 1959 Cafe has been serving South Minneapolis traditional Cuban food for over 15 years. Victor's is open for breakfast and lunch daily and now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try the Pollo Tropicale or the Sandwich Cubano, which was featured on Food Network. More at eatlocalminnesota.com. The number one source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Robert Burrill here, host of the show Laughing Matters, brought to you as always by Stand Up Records. Check them out online at StandUpRecords.com. Laughing Matters is now on Saturdays from 7 to 8 p.m., and the show will be pre-taped, which means that I can swear and say words like and as always, it'll feature some of the funniest comedians in the Twin Cities talking about the latest news and current events, and it's an hour of nonstop laughs you won't want to miss. And it's only on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion 
and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. You're back with the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Messa. My guest in the studio for the entire show tonight, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, by way of Lake Minnetonka, Mr. Russ Paul. Russ, this is so much fun, man. We could, uh, we're going to do it again the next time yeah, you're yeah, in town. Yeah, we have to do another one, yeah. Because you've got so much to talk about. We ended the last set talking about Bob Johnston, and uh, on the break you were telling us about uh, Johnny Cash live at San Quentin. Mm -hmm. Let the folks know about well, that. I, I've, I've read, you know, I think this is true, but uh, it was his concept to do a, a live prison record, and he took it to, what was that label? Um, Columbia? Columbia. And they they said, no, there's no way you can do a live record in a, in a prison. Nothing right. to do with prison. And he went ahead and did it anyway wow. and it was one of the biggest records they've ever had right and and really kind of cemented johnny cash in terms of the oh, ultimate absolutely. outlaw yeah oh yeah yeah now speaking of uh, outlaws um i've been reading this great book about the outlaw country uh music movement in Nashville with mm -hmm. uh, chris and waylon and willie you played with willie nelson too didn't you yeah yeah Tell us about that. What was it like playing with? Well, Wayne? that was yet another T-Bone Burnett production, and it was uh, Willie doing. It was called country music, and we went in in about I think four or five days and cut thirty or forty songs, and it was basically. Uh, there was no drummer. I was the only electric instrument. I played pedal steel, but it was all banjos and strings. It was a string, you know, band. And uh, we cut all these songs, and uh, it was great. There was one point where, you know, T-Bone Burnett carries his laptop around, and he's got a billion songs in it. Right. He's a musicologist. And, and at one point, he brings this song over to Willie, and plays it for him off his laptop and he's saying i think we should do this one and willie goes that's really good who wrote it <laughs> t-bone said you did about 40 years ago <laughs> so it's true willie nelson smokes grass oh jesus <laughs> i would you know i like to smoke a little bit myself but yeah. you know it's tough when you're working and uh, i remember walking into the studio one day and it was the thickest weed smell I'd ever, <laughs> ever, ever smelled. And I was paranoid because I didn't want to get high because, you know, when you're recording, you got to, you know, right, keep it right. together. But, uh, and this is not Toledo window box. <laughs> no, 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 no. In fact, uh, uh, we did a few live shows. We did some TV work is what we did. And one night he sent a bud back, uh, to the, to the, we, there was a van going back to the hotel with the band and he sent a bud back for the band. <laughs> so I smoked Willie weed once and basically it kept me up all night. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless him and legalize it. Right. Oh, yeah, legalizing. So I got to ask you uh, about Merle Haggard. You know, that's you know we first we 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 lost Prince this right, year. Right. A week later, we uh, we lose Merle Haggard or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Did you get a chance to hang with Merle at all? No, not really. I uh, we played. Uh, I used to work with Michael Johnson, who was yeah. in Minnesota for many years, and Bluer we, than blue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we did, uh, uh, we're booked to open a tour for Merle and the first Michael couple... Michael Johnson opening for Merle Well, Hager? Michael had a country record That's deal right. when I first met him in the late 80s. That's right. So he was based, he was living in Nashville, and we had a little trio with me and Jack Sundrude from Padipto. Right, from Bemidji, yeah. So we had this Minnesota trio oh, out of Nashville. Cool. And I got to stay for the record. It was one of the best musical groups I've ever been in. Wow. Just the three of us. It was one one of the most powerful things I've ever been involved with. And I've been in like eighteen piece big band. Right. You know. Right. This was this was bigger. 
Wow. Now, did do you see Michael at all? Is he still in Nashville? I think he's. I think he's up here in Minnesota. I okay. don't know what he's up to. I <gasps> wish I did. I'd love to see him. Yeah, um, I know he, he did a couple of gigs up at Michael Monroe's place. I okay. think up on the North Shore. We used to do the uh, orchestra hall thing every oh, for yeah, many right, years. Right. We did that was our annual gig and stuff. So, do you get a chance when you've been uh, touring with with? Man, all the acts you played with over the years to get to Minneapolis, much to play. Oh, every once in a while, yeah. yeah. So must yeah. feel good. I, you know, it's okay, but I kind of like playing in strange towns because uh, you know when you get when you know people and everything, you have all these mixed emotions because right. you're, you're you want to make sure you're being social and everything, and then you're going. You're playing for the wrong reasons because you're trying right. to impress your friends or right. something. When you should just be out there playing. So I, 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 I it's a mixed thing. Right. But. Well, so Russ Paul, what are you working on now? What do you got? What do you got uh, booked uh, in the future? I am uh, getting on a plane tonight. Uh, the next uh, week, I'm working with a a, a new artist uh, for a Nashville record uh, label. Uh, uh, with a major producer, don't even really know what it's going to be like right. yet, but we're we're doing that. And then uh, I'm working with this Dan Arbach again. That's after cool. that, uh, he's producing a guy, and we're uh, we're going to be working on that for two Did weeks. Did you play on that Dr. John record he produced? Nope, that was right before I met him. So that would have been. I wish fun. I had. Yeah, yes. that would have been. Fun. But we are doing. He's doing a solo record that we've been feverishly working on for the last three months and it's great uh Dwayne eddy one of my heroes oh, is yeah. a big part of it so i've oh, got cool. you know, another hero i got to meet yeah right um you know i'm just kind of doing i do a lot of i have a few accounts where we play demos I, i'm playing on a lot of like it's a group called florida georgia line that are real big i play on their stuff uh blake shelton whenever he cuts sure. a record i do that stuff just kind of, you know, what I consider the 16th Avenue side of things. Right. But, you know, the most exciting... And then we are working on this band with Rob McNelly. We're yeah. kind of... We're retooling that and would like to go out and maybe do a little touring with that. Maybe, maybe you'd be kind enough for the next handful of months. I'm planning on doing a new record. Maybe we could okay. get you up to play a couple tracks. I always like to come to Minnesota. Man, that would be beautiful. Tell us, uh, we've got about a minute left, okay, right? right? You've been doing this for 50 years, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think, what's the most important thing about being a musician? You've talked about uh, mentoring oh, people. Keep, your, keep that muse happening. Never stop learning. Always ask questions. Be a kid. Don't be afraid to be a teenager. Be a teenager, because as soon as you start thinking you know it all, you're going to become an old fart, and you're going to wither up and die. But as long as you're learning, and every day you pick up the guitar and learn something, you will be a healthy musician. That is great advice from my guest and friend, Russ Paul, who took the time out of a busy, uh, short Minnesota trip to come and visit us on the Wall and Power Radio Hour. We're going to go out with a tune. Uh, by Russ called End of the World. Anything you can tell us about this song? Uh, there is no singer on the record. All right. <laughs> Russ, thanks so much, man. Enjoy your time in Minnesota. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much, Paul. Thank you. Say hi to Alcorn for me. I will. <laughs> Listening to the Wall and Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brad Knaber, and recorded at the Minneapolis Media Institute. Our chief of staff is Abby Coffin. We'd like to thank our guest, Russ Paul. Follow us online at wallandpowerradio.com. Like us on Facebook at the Wall and Power Radio Hour. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.